Hello, everyone. It's your favorite banana on the hammock, except there's no hammock. It's me, Jordan Lamb. And today on this week's episode, I'm joined by a multi-passionate creator, someone who likes to dabble in several different areas because their creativeness is just explosive. He's a comedian, an actor, a podcaster, and a lover of all things art. It is Sushil. Sushil. God, I feel so stupid now. Um, welcome, Sushil, to your it's to the good, show. Man. No, it's all good. Um, yeah, thank you for that introduction. It was really nice. Um, I- I'm not an actor, but still, a uh, comedian, artist. But... Did I really say I actor? It's okay. I mean... I act a lot, I guess. Oh, I'm so... Okay, my bad. I, I'm just in the moment, you know? When I just say things, and then... Okay, all right, all right. But, but um, yeah, I mean, it's okay. I'm just saying that isn't most of existence, like, in a way, an acting... Um, life is acting in a way, right? You can't be the same person with everyone. You have to be in a certain way with other people. So, yeah, right. I'll take actor. That is something interesting, though. When you talk to different people... You put on this, um, it's not like a facade, but you act this different way. You use a certain part of yourself to um, to communicate with a person, like like a baby or an, like an elderly person or someone around the same age as you. You're not going to probably swear in front of a baby, but you'll probably do it in front of a teenager, you know? So it's interesting like that. I guess, is that acting? Would you call that acting? Maybe it's like putting on different masks and like just getting by and it's to some degree, it's like a survival instinct or something like adapting to a different situation and uh, acting accordingly. Uh, But yeah, the term acting accordingly comes in. So basically I guess that's where the acting part comes in. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think you're a pretty funny guy. All right, let's just start off there. So tell me a bit about your comedian side. So I started off when I was in college, and uh, I used to love going up on stage and uh, doing, like, jokes and impressions and making people laugh. It started off as uh, doing jokes for my friends, like dad jokes and everything, and, you know, just, like, uh, finding, like, different ways to look at a sentence or deconstruct it and make it sound funnier that's how it started right from a very young age but when i was in college i had this opportunity to open for like the college band because uh, what they were doing is when the curtains were drawn they were preparing like equipment for the band and stuff and they said that we don't want to have like dead air so they said we have five to seven minutes for an act so I wrote some material and uh, it was, it's a college in India. So there were like 900 people in the, in the auditorium. So a really packed house. And that was my first experience of doing comedy for an audience. And later uh, it's, it's been evolving. I would say uh, when I lived in Seattle, I think that was the time when I did most of my comedy and then the pandemic happened, so everything shut down, and now I'm looking to get back into it. It's it's really a facet of my personality, which uh, has always been there, but I want to give it more time. You've always been a person that loved like making people laugh. 
For sure, I feel like like look at your banana costume, right? It's just like put a, a smile on my face. Uh-huh. It's uh, I like that. I like being goofy. I like being silly. I think people take life too seriously, and uh, for a long time I was as well. And it the the ultimate joke was that I was a stand up comedian who's taking life too seriously. <laughs> so it it's nice to have that that facet of your personality which helps you. just let go and and be yourself sometimes right right okay that being mm-hmm. said i'm can i tell you my best joke all right go for it okay so right off the bat this isn't this isn't originally my joke i will say but this is my friend roger's joke okay and it goes like this what's the difference between a chickpea and a garbanzo bean Uh, they're the same. <laughs> I've never had a garbanzo bean on me. <laughs> yeah, I've heard this one. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Yeah, that is really good. Yeah, I mean, it's not as funny if you heard it. So, I mean, what what, what would you rate it out of ten? I would say creativity wise, like nine or ten. I would say uh, I mean that's exactly what I love about jokes is that the wordplay um uh-huh. what Dave Chappelle does Jerry Seinfeld does it's it's just that I feel it's a very different way of looking at words like chickpea right a lot of people want to see that as uh, yeah a chickpeaing on you but <laughs> you know yeah yeah that's, yeah that's my favorite part about doing comedy yeah Oh my god. Like have you ever been heckled? Is that a thing? Yeah, and uh, the thing is it happens sometimes. Um you know people think that there's good heckling and bad heckling, but if a person is talking during a set, uh it is all heckling. Yeah. It's like the the the, the audience is not there to listen to some person talk about their day or something. And sometimes people feel like they're being funny. and they shout out something and and then they think that oh we're helping the comedian by uh shouting out something funny and you know making their act funnier but it's not it throws off a lot of people who are doing their set and yeah some people do uh do it to handle it pretty well like some comedians are good at uh, crowd work and when when the comedian is actually reaching out to the audience and asking questions i mean that's the time for the audience to talk otherwise if they shout out stuff in the, in the middle of a set it can be pretty uh unnerving or annoying or you know a lot of things so it happens sometimes people think that they're like helping us out by saying something but more often than not it's it's off putting at times yeah i think it's also like talking in in like a movie or a play or an opera or something uh-huh. you're literally in a show where you're supposed to shut the fuck up and just listen <laughs> and I mean but are they drunk though you know I mean let's Yeah so so what happens is what happens is a lot of times the the audience is entitled and uh it's it's almost as if them talking is more important like what happens is if you're doing comedy in a bar setting or in a setting where there are tables and people are at a table and they're like just chit-chatting away as if nothing is happening and that's the part where it gets really annoying they're like just talking loudly and, and talking amongst themselves and 
it's not a great setting to do comedy. And yeah, sometimes they're drunk. And yeah. Okay, so have you do you like talk to these people? Do you tell them like, yo, I'm doing a set right now? Or do you like play it off of what they said and just like you know, like some comedians like shit on the hecklers and it's funny? Like what, yeah. what do you do? So you politely tell them, can you stop talking? It's like uh, it's not oh. like I'm like a tired act or something. This is happening, and you know this this it's a comedy show. It's not your your kid's bar mitzvah, or <laughs> it's not like a place for you to just uh, go out and be obnoxious. Uh, right. Only the comedian has a right to be obnoxious. Uh, that too on yeah. stage for an act. So. Uh, yeah, you tell them, and then if they still kind of, you know, act entitled and um, talk back, that's the part when you, like, try to put them back in their place. But yeah, sometimes it gets uh, really out of hand. I don't know, as a comedian who has been out of it for, like, a year over a year because of the pandemic, I don't know how it feels to go back to comedy right now because you see people like Will Smith slapping... Chris Rock over like a really yeah. benign joke. So uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to play the Sushil, watch out. The <laughs> Be careful out there. All right. Don't get slapped. <laughs> no, I mean I'm gonna wear my chain mail and you yeah, know yeah. throwing like <laughs> wear a whole helmet. Yeah. I don't care. Do all bulletproof vest, whatever. Um whatever it takes. How hard is it to come up with material or like what is the process what is your process like? So it is it is difficult. I mean, uh, I would not say it's an easy process always, but I think an important thing is it's a, it's a writing comedy is basically the act of writing pretty much. Like if if you start off by writing what your your thoughts are or like writing about what you learn. Like this podcast for example, uh, you can turn it into a blog post and you can turn it into like a lot of content. So getting that muscle going of writing very often is very important. Uh, yeah. And I would say it is difficult because sometimes we make it difficult. Like we have our phones, we have like several devices, we have like a lot of distractions. And I think one of my favorite comedians, Jerry Seinfeld had nailed it when he said that showing up Every day is important. And it's okay if you don't write anything, but you can't do anything else. But let's say if you set aside some time, like 30 minutes or so, you'll show up and, and you'll say that I'll only write jokes now. And you'll not use your phone, you'll not do anything else in those 30 minutes. It's okay if you don't write, if you just stare at your paper and nothing comes out. But creating that muscle of showing up very often is very important. Right now, I'm not writing a comedy, but I still show up to write because uh, I feel like I don't want to lose touch with that skill of writing. It's very important to, as you said, this podcast is a personal journal. I'm sure that's a great way of looking at it. You can actually write whatever you learn from this as well. Right, right. I think writing is such an important skill to have, like whether it be if you want to progress in anything, I've like creative to or anything like not nah, I, I think writing applies to a broad 
it applies to everything i think it applies to note taking um keeping track of things podcasting for like you know i i have notes right here of what what to ask you know if i'm lost um and you know if you want to be a musician you need to write lyrics if you want to rap you want you need to write rhymes if you want to be a comedian you need to write jokes and if you have a journal you can write so much and that's what like i think a lot of people are so lazy bro like like they don't write and it just shows but it's like it's taken me such a long time to understand how important writing is to um to really like grow and stuff like in any area or field because without writing there's it's not you could use your phone to organize notes but it's not as impactful i think as writing because you're actually jotting down notes writing it using your hand and not just tapping with your fingers and i think that's more more from like the mind to the paper i think that's more powerful yeah and we are definitely losing writing as a skill because the i'm not sure what the kids are learning in school but they are i think going more digital so they don't have like the habit of using your your hand to uh, right and and i feel like i'm glad i have that skill because sometimes it's nice to disconnect from screens and just like sit on the porch or sit anywhere and then write i feel like it frees up uh frees you from your devices and as you said i, I totally agree like uh i'm not going to cast a finger at someone else but the person standing in your way is always you like it's not like oh my job or something or some external circumstances preventing us from doing what we want to do but most often it's 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 me from in my case and it's you in your case so yeah once you become aware of that it's it's consistent effort yeah yeah and i think once you make the habit of writing something every day no matter like what it is you will find mm-hmm. that I think you become more freer, honestly. Like, like your your mind just opens up. Um, at least in for, in my case, when I don't look at a screen, because I feel like when I look at a screen for an extended period of time, my like brain starts to fog, you know. Like, um, but then when I turn to something that doesn't have a screen, like writing, for example, I feel at peace. There's like an inner tranquility. As weird as that sounds. No, it doesn't sound weird at all. Uh have you read this book called uh The Artist's Way? No. By Julia Cameron. It's a really good book. I think the premise of the book is uh that everyone is a creator. Uh creativity is not something only a select few humans possess. Uh it's it's something that flows through us and we should like it's our birthright and it is something our duty to be creative. And in that I think one of the key uh then it's of that book is writing uh in your journal every day and it's like free form writing first thing after you wake up in the morning uh the morning pages so what you do is you set a timer for like 30 minutes or so and then write uh write like long form with a pen and uh, paper three pages whatever comes in your mind as you said you're right it's tranquility get out like all the crap that is in your head and and you just do like a dump and then that's the best way to start a day because 
we start with such a sometimes if if you're having a moment you start up with such a fucked up perception of of what the day is going to be like and it's good to like get all the garbage out of the system before you start your day and yeah it is very tranquil once you get that out of the way right what i've found about journaling is very therapeutic because say mm-hmm. for example something crazy or just the worst thing happened to me the the way i move on is by writing it down in my journal so i can just let all that garbage onto the page and then i can just move on with my life i don't sure i'm not going to read it like in probably a year or so you know cuz i'm going to read it way ahead in life but to like in that moment i'm going to write that down and i'm going to put it down there and i'm going to forget about you and then i'm going to move on with my life that's that's how I use journal. Like that's how I journal nowadays. But I also like journal to like put down my feelings, lots and emotions, and just whatever when I like feel like it, you know. Because I think it's important to just write. To write that comes full circle. Writing is important. Everyone should write. Yeah, and and you'll be surprised, you know. After two years, and you say you, you look at your journal and like, I was this person. Yeah. <laughs> you know that, that reaction. <laughs> you look back and like. Wow, I was really into dumb shit two years ago. Yeah, I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> I'm a child, but now I'm a I'm a grown man. Wow. Yeah, it does it does feel like that. Like when I look at my journal entries from like two years ago, I've not been journaling a lot recently, uh, to be honest. But when I look at like things that I've written down two years ago or like longer uh, time ago, then it feels like, oh my goodness, I was such a different person back then. And it's it's good to see that feedback. I mean, if for nothing else, even if you're just writing to just give yourself like a time capsule of what you were like and what you're like now, I think it's a perfect way of documenting it. Yeah, I think it's a great way to to like see your growth, and mm-hmm. it also is a good way to keep track of everything that you've done, like. Like how, you know, I think it like motivates you also in a way to do more things, because if you don't do things, you don't really have much to write about. All you, all you can write about really is your thoughts and your feelings. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. But like, wouldn't it also be cool if you just wrote a shit ton and then you just read about everything that you did in the future? And then you'll be like, wow, I was such a cool dude. And I'm still a cool dude, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then a lot of people write write about writing, uh, at least online. I see that it's uh, it gets a lot of views, I would say. People write about writing. And sometimes I find that it's uh, it's meta, but it's kind of gets boring after some time. I like storytelling. And that's more like my modality of writing is how I feel. Right, that's also another thing. People can just write stories in the, in their journals. They could become actual writers. And wow, wow, yeah, you put me on right there, Sushil. I totally forgot about storytelling. I don't know why, but um, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Tell me a little about your podcast. Yeah, so. Uh... It started off as, as you said, it's almost like similar to what you do, like a personal journal of sorts. But it's it's a way of capturing my own uh, self-exploration journey and actually sharing insights from what I've learned along the way as I go along. So it's called 
Eel with Sushil, uh, I think the name came first and I was like, okay, I should make something about this name. But the truth is for the last three to four years, I've been uh, working through uh, depression, anxiety, and, and a lot of uh, difficult themes in my life. And I felt like I've been at it for long enough that I can share some of the things that have worked for me and also learn more to uh, learn new things as I go along the way as well. So I interview a lot of uh, practitioners like teachers and coaches and people who are uh, using the mind-body connection to heal and a lot of people from all over the world. Like one of my episodes had a person uh, talking about how to overcome porn addiction and one of the the interviewees was a meditation teacher with over two decades of experience. So it's a good set of people. It's a good mix of people from all over the world. And I love talking and connecting with people. So that's how it came about. Mm -hmm. And you love learning from these people. And it's it's what you said, self-exploration. You know, we can always learn from Mm -hmm. every person that we talk to, you know. Um, I like your shirt, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. It's a lot of cats and it's tie-dye, so. Yeah. Yeah, I love cats and I love tie-dye. So it's the perfect amalgam of two things that I like. Mm-hmm. Much like much like the podcast, I love meeting people and uh, I love like learning new things. So for sure, for sure. I think mm-hmm. I think if you talked to me back in like two, three years ago, I I would have thought you were crazy if you were to say <laughs> I would have a podcast and be dressing up as a banana or you know, I'd be doing any of this shit. <laughs> Because I was a shy and anxious kid. Well, I still am. I'm less. I'm less anxious. Okay. I've improved. So, but I I relate to what you're saying. I I like that self-exploration because I think it, like, life is short. Okay. I think if we learn to become the best person we can be, whether, you know, in fitness, health, uh, any field really, we can have so much a be- much better fun time. I think that's great. Yeah, that is that is amazing. Uh, again, you're right. Like uh, if if I look back two years ago, and uh, I was really going through it, and I was high all the time and working through that, and um, so if I look back and think that oh, two years ago, if I would be having a podcast named Heal with Sushil, people think I'm a phony because my own life is in disarray. And it's not like I've ascended and become enlightened or something in two years, but uh, still it's uh, after doing some work on myself, it's more something that people can accept or people can understand. So I like documenting my journey and that's what I'm writing about. Uh, Step two would be to turn them into jokes because as you said, life is short. But life is also hilarious. You know, it's, yeah. it's funny as hell. And it's worth writing about. Do you think because the on, the reason why um, comedy exists be, is because life is short and it shits at times? So then we have to find the <laughs> laughter from the, uh, the shittiness and that's how we cope? Yeah, I mean... To some degree, uh, I, I agree with that. Like a lot of comedians uh, use comedy as therapy. They just go out on stage. This is their, you know, they get to share 
their existence with people and sometimes yeah it does seems like a, a seem like a glorified complaints department you know but i think uh i think good comedians like ricky gervais seinfeld you know michelle wolf they really call out the the fucked up aspects of reality they look at it from a different perspective like even dave chappelle uh they just i feel like they are almost like detached from it and it's, it's it's almost like they're not like super involved with this this energy of things are shit and everything sucks and everything it's almost like they're able to like separate themselves a few degrees from it and actually do a commentary on how things are screwed up and and that makes it funnier because i feel like it's very easy to get into the trap of oh boohoo my life sucks poor me and you know like trying to get people to laugh at you and i was in that in that modality where like uh kind of always doing jokes to put myself down and and it actually bleeds into my waking reality or my non comedic persona as well where mm-hmm. if i keep like looking at myself in a certain way uh then i would say that uh, that actually becomes my reality like one of the jokes i would do was like i am sushil it's literally sushi with an l at the end i love sushi is the closest i've come to love <laughs> and and you know like okay that was that was a good joke all right i'll give you that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i felt like um you know if i just keep carrying that energy uh, everywhere when i'm playing jokes it just becomes um part of my reality and i'm trying to avoid that right jokes where I'm not really playing the victim or playing this this low or loser kind of energy you know mm-hmm. so it's also yeah, like i think i deflected from the the question a bit but you know yeah like what you were saying about um what that loser energy it's like it's like an affirmation like a positive affirmation but in the way that uh-huh. if you say it again and again it will eventually you'll eventually start to believe it yourself and um no i relate to what you're saying i used to be like self-deprecating back way back in high school and i thought why am i like this <laughs> this is such an odd way to make people laugh now that i think about it in retrospect but now that i'm older i feel like you know i just i'm just i'll be as stupid as i can you know i'll just have fun with it nothing else matters cuz i mean if you aren't having fun i'm having fun and that's all that matters to me <laughs> No, I I love what you're putting out there in terms of like I saw you in a banana costume. What's first of all what's the deal with the banana costume? I'd like <laughs> to know. I'm sure your listeners want to know as well. So basically, I went to this store called Spirit Halloween and I found this costume along with <laughs> another costume which was a a white claw soda can. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. But then I was like I uh, I want to be a banana though, you know, cuz I just mm-hmm. I just didn't see the appeal of the white claw as much cuz you know not a lot of people would look at it and be like, "Oh, cool, that's a that's, that's a can." You know, whoopee. But then with the banana, look at look at the banana. Do I really need to say more? And that's the story of how I came to be.
Right. It's nice. It's uh, it shows that you're not taking yourself seriously. You want to be silly. I like it. It's a good conversation starter as well. Yeah. And yeah. and again, as you said, right? Like when the messed up part is that when you do self-deprecation and people laugh, you get validation for it. It's like people are finding me funny or something, and then it becomes like a feedback loop. Yeah. You do more content like that, and you keep getting laughs, and it's just. Uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, if you've seen this uh, comedy special called Nanette by Hannah Gadsby, I have not. It's yeah, it's uh, it's really nice. Sorry, all my notifications are going off at the same time. Uh, yeah, but it's really nice where she talks about her experience of doing self-deprecating comedy and how she's not really going to do it anymore. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people didn't like it, but I felt it was very unique. Do you think self-deprecation really stems from a lot of anxiety? Um, I think, I don't know if it's anxiety, but it's almost like a defense mechanism or something in, in a sort of way, because I feel like if, if like, if you're going up to a, through a difficult childhood or uh, you know, if you're going through bullying or something like that as a kid, then what could happen is that you want to change up the game, be funny or like, you know, um, not have that, that abuse or something coming your way. So what you start doing is you start telling jokes. And I think it's a, it's a way of getting ahead of people making fun of you. If you make fun of yourself, then it's like diffusing the situation where they can't make fun of you anymore because you're doing it yourself. And right. maybe that's how it came about. That's my perception, but people will have like other uh, views on it as well. Right. That w- That is yeah. kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of like what Eminem does where he like raps. He actually insults himself first and then he, mm. <laughs> so that the opponent has nothing no ammunition to insult him on and yeah yeah i think it works the same way kind of do you do you like have any stories where you just no never mind because there are no good hecklers is that right uh I don't know. I mean, I've, to be honest, I've not had too much experience with heckling. Okay, so they're uh, mostly polite. It, it's almost like it's mostly polite, but like it's like I had one experience when I, I used to work in tech. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, and like um, I would go up on stage, and then I would say I'm a software engineer, and uh, you know, then there's there was someone who was like laughing very loudly, ha ha ha, in the, the crowd. And I said, that's not the joke part of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So yeah, you can get ahead of it sometimes, or you know, just call them out on it, or you know, uh, state the obvious is a is a good way of uh, diffusing the situation. Mm. And yeah, as I said, like it, it's. It's like having a conversation, pretty much like if you're if you're doing the crowd work, it's like finding uh, a way to have like a conversation where you can put jokes into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Step yeah. one is learning how to talk with people. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, but I like I really like Andrew Schultz uh, and what he does with crowd work, and yeah. he's really a great comedian to uh, emulate in terms of crowd work because I think he did a special which was all crowd work. I think he's like, I think he's probably like top five comedians for me because mm. I like his um his overall his like his demeanor. I don't know if you watch his podcast, but like his like he roasts and i think it's just hilarious cuz i see mm. myself a, a little bit in him in in which i mean that i'm kind of an asshole and i just sometimes <laughs> i think that's hilarious you know like to, you know to most people yeah you can be nice and and stuff that's cool but like as i've grown up i feel like when you become an asshole not like a genuine asshole right not like an actual mean person, but if you like do it for goofs and, and gaffes, right? It's just, it's so hard to explain the niche of being an asshole that is funny at the same time because it can go either 50-50, but Andrew Schultz has that like, I don't know, he has that charm. Like it's like, it, like I don't know if you saw the, um, the Will Smith, and Jada roast he did, but I thought I did. Damn, that's that's funny. That's funny as fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm yeah, talking and, about. No, I get it, and and you're right. Like the importance is uh, the important thing is that you you're there to make people laugh. Get into it, however, have a persona, do it through uh, material, or do like a a facet of a personality, which is an asshole. Yeah, but as long as you're laughing mm-hmm. and unless it gets like really mean and you're just there to like piss people off or, you know, just uh, target people just for the sake of doing that, I, I feel that's pretty unpleasant and obnoxious. But if you can do it like skillfully, make fun of them where they're laughing with you, then I, I get that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, yeah, recently, I mean, it's been difficult to just speak your mind because I feel like there's a lot of entitlement in the audience and the culture saying that, oh, you can only make us laugh by saying things that we believe is, is okay to say, mm-hmm. which is it's ridiculous. It's almost like, Oh, you can only make a movie and this is the script. Yeah. And yeah. we watch it. Yeah. Would you go to a movie where you know what's going to happen? No, right? Like, yeah. That is so ironic. It's like you want us to create a certain thing, but that wouldn't be creative at all because it's not free thinking. Like to be creative, you would have to be just open minded, right? So it's mm-hmm. like if you're forcing us to think a certain way, that that's crazy. Like if you told me to wear, I don't know, like a grape costume. I mean, okay, that's a bad example. Could I? Because I actually might do that. But if you told me to wear, I don't know, something that I wouldn't normally wear, I'd probably be like. Eh, I don't. I don't really want to do that because that's not really my thing. Or, 
you know what I mean? Like, it's like, stop forcing us to do things that you want. Why don't you do that? Why don't you be funny, fucker? You know, it's like. Yeah, I mean, again, it comes back to like playing the victim. Oh, poor me. Everyone is like, uh, you know, getting out of that energy is very important. Uh, because it's it's easy to be there. Because I think in, in culture right now, if you say, that, oh, this person offended me, there'll be 10 people to stand with you and you get validation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's this concept of punching down and punching up. And, and you know, I, I this is nuanced. Like, let's say if I make jokes about uh, a white transgender person, is that punching out or punching down? Because I'm a brown Indian person and... Mm-hmm. You know, and this person is white. So is it, does it like the punch get neutralized based on yeah, race yeah. and yeah, yeah. yeah identity? I hate that. I hate how people get offended by jokes. It's like, you understand this isn't serious. This is something meant to make people laugh, not make you angry. Though. And also, why why would you bother like playing the victim when that really serves you no purpose. That really doesn't make you uh-huh. like. Maybe, maybe you can get validated by other like-minded people, right? Who also got offended. But it's at in the grand scheme of things, wouldn't you rather not be offended and laugh at it? Or is there some? Or is there something I'm missing? Maybe is there like? Maybe you you know. Let's think about. Why do people get offended? What is the feeling of getting offended? Is that based on certain beliefs you already have? And because I don't know where I'm going with this. I think I think that's a good point because um, not everyone has done this self-reflection or understanding themselves better or you know this this work of getting through this offense but what happens sometimes is when people tell a joke or something uh, maybe it's not how it was intended to be perceived but when someone tells a joke and it it really triggers you it can sometimes take you back to your childhood trauma or your your memory where someone uh, said something mean to you and you're back in that headspace and I believe that could happen because for me, I think the color of my skin was a big trigger uh, a lot of times. And uh, there would be a lot of bullying because if they were like lighter skinned people, they would make fun of me, like call me blackie or whatnot. And so what happens sometimes is if someone passes a comment on the color of my skin or something, it just, or makes a joke, which is like, oh, if, if the lights are off, you won't be able to see or something like that. It just takes me back to that same trauma as a kid, or I just go back to that space. And the trick is to detach from that, like know that actually you're an adult now, know that you are not that same child who was victimized when he was and and not invalidate the child's feelings. And then you do that and then you see it from a different perspective. You're able to like uh, be there for that inner child who was victimized, who was traumatized, and then you do you apply some techniques where you're able to like tell them validate them or you know self validation as you said and then tell them that no this is not your fault this is, there's nothing wrong with you it's and then you can let that go but a lot of people are not able to do that because you know this is not taught to us this is not like 
uh, common knowledge. If you go to a therapist or if you work with someone who does inner child work, they will help you do these kind of things. Yeah, I I think it goes a lot into mental health as well. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. I I think people don't really think a lot about mental health as much as they should because it it plays such a crucial part of our lives. The mind is such a powerful thing. I really believe this. It's like you could do anything with the mind, but the mind can also like crush you and put you in places where you're just so down under because I've been there. I've been I felt so useless and just just like so sad and self-deprecating like uh about two years ago and looking back on it it's like wow different person right you Uh because you can also be in different periods of your life and experience different emotions and things and your mind could be in a different all because of your mind because it could be in a different place like uh you know when you were doing the podcast your your mind is like you know you're in a different headspace compared to when you're uh i don't know being a comedian or way before that when you were when you said you were like self-deprecating and all that right so mm-hmm. did compared drastically different headspaces you know and i think sorry i think the mind is just it's such a convoluted, complicated thing that we should just strive to understand more. We should, and you have no idea. Like uh, it's 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 like billions of people have gone through this pandemic. They've been removed from society for two years, pretty much. Like not going outside, being like removed from every. Uh, thing that they were using to escape, you know, like going to bars or meeting their friends, everything just came to a standstill. And we don't have like a ramp up, you know, like just get thrown back into it. And you don't know how your mind is going to react because you've adapted to this new reality in a way. And that happened to me. Like I was walking in the streets of a crowded city and it had been a long time and I just felt so out of place. It's wow. just like too much stimulation at one time. And yeah, you're right. Like we should spend time understanding ourselves. We should, uh, if if we want to, at the end of the day, like uh, people don't want to do that because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, when you yeah. take out your, when you take out your, your drugs, your alcohol, your escapes, your TV shows, yeah. everything, when you start removing all that away and stop escaping, right? You really have to face it. And it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, like when you remove everything that like stimulates you, like um, if you stop watching movies, stop watching TV shows, stop browsing the internet, or stop using your phone, like all you have is silence. And like mm-hmm. people are just left alone with their minds. And I've experienced this before where I was like, I was addicted to technology. Like, and I like when I was left alone with, with nothing, I just... It was uncomfortable. It was like, oh my God, I, I have my thoughts now. I can hear myself, right? And I just like, it took some time getting used to, but I also related to what you said about um coming out to public after like two months, right? Of isolation. 
um, it's also a crazy feeling because you're. It's like you you know what being out in public is like feels like already. You know, in the past, but then now the pandemic has just like conditioned us to be inside. And then when we step outside for the first time, it's like, what? Why am I feeling this weird, uh, strange sensation where I don't know what it feels like to be in public? And like that goes with like every other feeling if you don't encounter it. Like the mind is so the brain. I don't even know if I should call it the mind or the brain because the brain. First off. I think it's still crazy that the brain named itself, okay? That itself is crazy, all right? But it is. It's, it's crazy, man. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, like, you know, when I was outside, I was constantly thinking about, like, oh, all my projections, you know, I was projecting all of my thoughts onto other people. Oh, am I? What do, I, what do I look like? Am I walking right? And all of this, like the thoughts were getting out of hand. And I was like, that is so stupid. Nobody gives a shit, you know, to be mm-hmm. honest. If, if you're walking past someone in public, honestly, nobody gives a rat ass about what you look like. And at most, if you're like, I don't know, if you're like Helen of Troy or something, people will look at you like for two seconds more than the other person. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's We kind of get in our way and and screw ourselves up a lot more than uh, we think. Right, right. It's like, because everyone's so focused on themselves, you know? Like, everyone is thinking in the same way way that you're probably thinking, you know? Everyone's focused on themselves. And, you know, whether it be they're attractive or not, no one's going to really think about you at the end of the day because you're a stranger to them. Unless you're like friends. Unless you dress up like a banana. Yeah, unless you dress up as a banana, I I guess you'll be thinking. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, maybe they'll be thinking of you two seconds more than the others, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, no one really cares at the end of the day about other people except themselves because that's who they are. That's who they have themselves at the end of the day. When they go to sleep at night, they're not thinking about the guy who, you know, walked in front of them or whatever. Or even if they did something to him, like said hi or had a conversation or like did something bad, you're probably going to forget about it when you sleep and then wake up the next morning because each day is a new day. I also like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. And it's uh, the self-centric perception of the universe that uh it's 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 significant if you take it in the grander scheme of things we're like a tiny dot in the universe yeah yeah and it's like um it's like that main i don't know what it's called but it's like that feeling of being the main character i think main character syndrome uh-huh. or something i forgot and everyone yeah, you have to get out character. of fps you know you have to get out of fps and play the game from tps yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta go in third person. Just humble yourself. Really look at the world for what it is. You know, look over your shoulder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but don't this. go GTA about it. Like, don't yeah, turn don't, into GTA. Do like, not do <laughs> Don't don't go five stars. You don't want that. Don't actually <laughs> go to jail or or prison or the hospital. Yeah. Let me throw you a curveball, Sushil. Are you ready? 
Sure. Okay. Are you sure you're ready? I've, I was born ready, if that's okay. the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. If you were reincarnated as an animal, what would you be? Ah, uh, crow, I would say. Crow. Yeah, yeah, wow. it's my favorite bird. Uh, it's a very intelligent bird, first of all. And I feel, I don't know, it's a good transition out of human being. I would say that crows have uh, a sense of community. They pass information down to generations. They retain information like facial features. And uh, they're just overall very intelligent birds. And I, I used to feed the crows when I was in uh, Mumbai, my, my home hometown. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just feel this sense of connection uh, with them. And yeah, to be honest, there are so many animals. <laughs> it's Man. crow and then maybe a cat or, you know, a wild cat. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I just feel like uh, having the ability to fly is, is a great upgrade. Oh, yeah, definitely. I would want to fly. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would want to stop time, but that's an entirely different story, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah, I want to freaking stop time. Sushil, <clears throat> I, I have to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you like sushi? So... One of the great ironies of my life is that I, I am vegetarian and now I'm like uh, completely plant-based vegan. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would get into an argument with someone who if I tell them like, I, I love sushi, but vegan sushi and they'll be like, oh, that's not sushi. But I do. Whatever is the plant-based version of it, I do like it. I've not had uh, sushi ever in my life, which is very ironic. What is vegan sushi? Is that a thing? Yeah. So there are several restaurants. Like right now, I, I just went to Montreal like last weekend uh, or the weekend before that. And uh, they have some amazing restaurants who uh, serve vegan sushi. It's a lot like regular sushi, but they sub out the meats for like plant-based alternatives and uh, Places like that, like, yeah, I mean, if you're a hardcore meat eater, maybe it's not for you, but I don't know, I've not had the real thing, so how do I care? Okay, okay, and yeah, another question that leads me from that veganism um, what made you become a vegan? So, as I said, I was born into a vegetarian family, and uh, I felt like I was still having dairy and I just felt the dairy industry is very harmful and detrimental to cows. It's almost like maybe if you just kill them and eat them, it's less torture than constantly having them have kids, then take the kids away and then have them produce milk. And it's, it's torture. And I felt like uh, I want to have like a lower footprint in my own life. Not It's maybe not the choice for everyone else from my own personal perspective i felt like i want to live a more cruelty free life and that was the motivation to go vegan uh, it is challenging in terms of i have a cat but i can't like force my cat to be vegan so 
there are like some nuances and i would say that for me personally i'm trying to be as uh, cruelty free from my own perspective as possible a lot of people don't perceive it as like, as that and, and that's their own free will is how i feel i'm not the kind of person who would probably like smear blood on someone who's eating meat or right, you know, right, right. no blood on your hands it's not my no no so i meant like i was not going to toss blood on someone who is like wearing fur or, oh know, yeah yeah that kind of thing yeah okay It's like live and let live and that applies to everyone else as well right right that's that's an open mind take note of that fellows what advice do you have for me just in life keep showing up man i feel that's very good advice in terms of keep showing up for yourself uh and i feel follow your intuition i feel if you feel uh banana costume is better than grape costume and it feels right then go for it i would never so the thing is i would just feel like this person is so brave is how i feel it's great admiration I would feel so weird sitting in a banana costume in front of a complete stranger for an hour, but you're able to do it, and that's that's brilliant. That is brave, and I would say follow your intuition, and you have all the answers within you. Just keep showing up for yourself and do what feels right. Yeah. Unless it's like going like batshit crazy and you know, murdering <laughs> people. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not gonna pull a GTA. No, don't worry, don't worry, Cecil. <laughs> Not no. Yeah, right after this episode ends, I'm going to go rob a bank or something. Yeah, no. No. I I'm going to take your words to heart, you know. I I really yeah, I agree. Like just showing up to anything, like just having that like discipline will go a long way and I'll mm-hmm. keep doing it. So thank you. Sure. And I'm looking forward to how this comes up and uh, comes out and uh, you know It was yeah. a really fun chat for me. Yeah, I mean, do you have anything to shout out? Uh to what? Oh, uh Yeah, what? Shout, to shout out. out what yeah. Oh yeah, so I host a weekly podcast called Heal with Sushil. It comes out every Monday, and I also have a newsletter that goes out uh with Heal with Sushil. It's on Substack with the same uh title. And uh, do you have show notes? What? Do you have show notes for the podcast? Oh, show notes? Like define show notes. I mean just like my guest is this person and you know he's an actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's an actor, comedian, podcaster, artist, multi-passionate yeah. creator. Yeah. So if you want to reach out, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Sushil Ganesh 17. that's where i'm most active right now but you can also check out like my art on instagram at the art conduit and uh, yeah and be sure to check out uh, jordan time or jordan mode <laughs> sorry be sure to check out jordan mode because uh, yeah this this guy is really onto something and he's very entertaining and really nice to chat with yeah right, yeah thank you everyone for listening follow and Follow Sushil, all right? The goat, the G. He's he's on the rise, all right? I believe he's going to succeed. Keep it up and follow and rate. 
Jordan Mode on Spotify, YouTube, Instagram. Links down below. It's been wonderful chatting with you. And without further ado, adios, everybody.